Welcome to Cognitive Rampage Podcast. Hope you're taking care of you. Hope you're living your Cognitive Rampage. If you're watching this live on YouTube or, uh, I don't know, live anywhere else it is, you may notice the background has changed for myself. Uh, you don't see the studio and the phone because we are in transition right now. We are preparing to leave for the Cognitive Road Rampage Tour. And we are planning to pull out April 10th, which is looking pretty good. And we're going to do the first leg of the tour from Orlando to Seattle to go see my brother Naudi and his functional patterns, doers and families. But um, yeah, it's going to be the first 30 days. We're going to shoot all the way to Seattle, but we're going to take kind of an odd route. We're going from Orlando, staying south until we get to uh, just south of Albuquerque and Denver and then go north. Uh, I want to stop by the Native American reservation that I was on, uh, spent that I spent some time on up there that I wrote about in the first book, and uh, check out in Denver. So then from Denver, then we're going to go back south, head toward Anaheim, where my brother just moved to. Shout out to you, big brother. Love you. Coming to see you. And passing through Anaheim and then Huntington Beach. And then we're going to go north all the way to Seattle the best we can, up the Pacific Coast Highway the best we can. And that will be the first 30 days of the tour. And we're stopping at all the major universities. What I am on is on a mission to get the real facts and the newest research about mental health diagnosis and treatments. Where do they come from? How do we know? Is it all theoretical? What are the best treatments for them? Et cetera, et cetera. And I'm stopping at university departments, psychology departments, neurology, on and on, biogenetics. I, I want to hit them all. I want to try to get all the best answers from the top people, from the professors that are training the doctors that are coming out, the counselors, psychologists, on and on that are coming out. So that's what this Cognitive Road Rampage is all about. The second leg of the tour will leave Seattle and then head toward Bangor, Maine, staying in the north part, cutting through Chicago, New York, et cetera. But yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. So it's just going to be me, a truck, and a fifth wheel. Now, along the way, we may have uh, Patricia, who will be joining us, who has uh, really, really enhanced the team by coming on and pushing the PR, the sponsorships, uh, organization of this tour. Uh, been a, a great and a tremendous help to what we're doing. And Danny McNamara may be driving along, filming the documentary of it all. But uh, you know those wild and crazy directors. You never know where they're really at. So... Yeah, that's good and fun. The second book, it's all submitted. They're pressing it. I should get my proof anytime soon. Once I get that proof, it has to go off to someone very special to me. This is hence why I had to delay the book 30 days, but it's going off to someone very special. Fingers crossed that things uh, are able to work out. But even if so, still love you, wouldn't matter. And then that book will come out. I'm aiming for March 19th. Dollar Mental Health Club is also what I'm spreading around the country. We launch it probably late March, but when it comes out, we're changing the paradigm of mental health, giving you tools and strategies in the present to practice, not psychotherapy. This is not counseling. This is not therapy. They're only 15, 30, 15 and 30 minute sessions. But what you're doing is you're calling. We're specialists at giving you tools, direct tools, real research, scientific based tools, psychology based tools to use. How you use those tools is up to you. But DollarMentalHealthClub.com, that's coming very soon at the end of March. That is a long intro of stuff. But it's all our stuff. No sponsors, no nothing like that. You're going to be hearing about the lovely sponsors that are making this uh, tour happen. And uh, shout out to all of those so far that are on board. Because we are now 5013C. 
the Cognitive Rampage is officially a nonprofit beginning April 1st. So I'm a little presumptuous here, a little, 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 little uh, ahead of it, but that's the excitement is turning this to a real nonprofit and uh, being able to do some uh, bigger and better things. But today on the show is a member of the Tribe of Change. Those of you that are listening that are members of the Tribe, I love you all. I am heavily active in that closed group of the Tribe of Change, and I see people that post certain things that are very active in the Tribe. And when I get into some of the posts or some of the things or the paths, if you will, that they're walking down, I captivate. And then I do a little stalking, and it's not weird, but I just check them out and see. And Matt Sheen, who's coming on the podcast, uh, really grabbed on to some things we were posting about, about athletes' depression, etc., and has dove down a rabbit hole himself. But uh, I've been looking forward to talking to Matt and all of the other Tribe of Change members that may soon be on the show. But uh, Matt, welcome to the show, man. Uh, it's good to finally meet you. Hey, Adam, how you doing? Uh, long-winded after that intro and feeling awkward in a crammed new... See, I got, I got a timeshare for like a month or two. And as we prepare for this, so I'm kind of in this mini little timeshare over here. I'm kind of set up with the the studio. It looks pretty uh, awkward, but hey, you do it. Looks do. <laughs> it looks intimate, man. It looks nice. It's good. Oh, not too bad, man. So uh, where you're coming from, uh, where are you at? New Zealand? Uh, UK. 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 You know what? I was looking up Nathan. I was just emailing Nathan about uh, some things. But coming from the UK, what time is it over there right now? Uh, 10 past six now. All right. Six in the morning. So I'm just trying to get your mind six frame. In six in what, the evening. In the evening, right. Because <laughs> where I'm at at one ten p.m. in the afternoon and where I'm at at six in the evening are two different ball games. So I'm just trying to <laughs> catch up where your mental's at right now, man. It's the end of the day. It's after work. So... Uh... Buzzing a little bit. Nice to get home and settle down and good to be talking to you too. Oh man, for sure. So before we came on, you were talking about some notes sitting there, but I kind of want to start out with the last Tribe of Change post that you had uh, where you were kind of referencing the athlete's depression, if you will, something you had experienced. You know, maybe you kind of start there with your your story and how it relates to those, uh, that rabbit hole you've been in. Yeah, well, I mean, the posts kind of come up um, every now and then. I mean, if you've done a bit of stalking on my own profile, you'll notice every now and then I, I do a little bit of a personal piece where I talk about myself, about athletes and what they may be going through, having to come to the end of their career, retirement, whether through injury or, you know, just the whole age thing. And um, it's getting more and more, um, the presence of it's getting, it's getting, a lot more kind of uh, exposure at the moment with, uh, I don't know whether you heard a guy called Dan Vickerman, Australian rugby player. Mm -hmm. Um, He recently uh, committed suicide. Not many um, details have come out about that, but straight away you, 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 you instantly kind of look inwards and being in my position, I'm 32 years old. um, I retired from playing a decent standard of rugby uh, two or three years ago, um, I my professional, well, full-time career ended when I was 23, 24. Um, injury, bit of bad luck, came to an end. And it's that kind of transitional period from coming out of full-time footy, having, having this career set out before you, having the pressures of trying to get that contract, trying to get that deal, and then being thrust into the world with, 
you know, all the things to contend with that you haven't focused on, the education, the, the qualifications, the training, and you're straight in there wondering what you're going to do. And then from there, you kind of, a route develops, you know, you, you try and find what it is you want to do. Um, and you, a lot of the time you end up doing what you have to do. You know, you do what you have to do to get by. And I think my, my story personally isn't exactly a Phoenix story. You know, we maybe haven't got there yet, but the importance I see in doing something like this is, is really for the guys who, who aren't doing so well. You know, a lot of, there's a lot of organizations out there. The Rugby Players Association in the UK have just, um, started something called Lift the Weight, which is, you know, trying to access those players who are having problems, you know, to, to get to services, mental health services, speak to somebody, ease the burden a little bit. But what I've experienced myself, every time you go on one of these pages, every time you start to, start to engage, you hear these Phoenix stories and you keep getting told by these guys, oh, I suffered, but then everything's fantastic now. Everything's amazing. My life is brilliant. And you're sat there just like, well, that hasn't worked out for me like that. You know, I'm still still trying to find my way there and I've got the fear of never making it. And then when you throw in the depression, the anxiety, you know, you, you're shamed into being silent about it. You're shamed into not wanting to talk about it. And I put some things out there, commented on some posts, you know, share a bit every now and then about what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. And I've noticed more and more people reaching out to me. Um, and I'm, I'm not qualified to do anything. I've got a degree in psychology. My master's in research, but I'm not actually qualified to help anybody yet. And I, I disagree. I, I, I disagree, sir. I have to, uh, you're in a good flow state, but I have to interrupt you and say, I, I completely disagree that you're not in a state to help somebody. Um, I think a lot of people forget that they, you know, I hear a saying a lot. Um, I got to help myself before I can help other people. And well, I call bullshit because helping other people is sometimes how we can really help ourselves too. And yeah. you already said it, you're sharing what you're going through and you see how people are reaching out to you. Uh, that's sign right there. So I fuck that idea of, I got to fix myself before I help other people. I mean, obviously if you're a fucking catastrophe, I mean, yeah. still sharing that story of catastrophe at the moment is still, you know, I've been there. Like you're talking about listening to people talk about their Phoenix stories. You love to reference. I love that notion, the Phoenix to the, from the ashes. And it's, well, sounds good. And my favorite line is to say to people, it always sounds good. You know, it sounds good that at the end of their line there, well, we've made it. So don't worry. You can come through. You know, and that person sitting there really can't identify with that, man. My, I mean, you, you hear that a lot with, you know, every time you you want to reach out and you want to speak to somebody and whether it's about, you know, you, what's going on at the present, financial issues, you haven't got the, the rugby paying the bills anymore, um, other things coming in as well, fears about the future. You When you do talk to certain people and people who have, got something a little bit more together 
instantly the first thing they go to is, don't worry, you'll be fine. And straight away, they, you know, they say that as if you're meant to just be told that. And, oh, yeah, I am. I just, I just reevaluate my situation. It turns out I'm going to be great because everything's going to work out. But you have to look at some of these things that happen to people and, and understand that it doesn't always come true for everybody. You know, you're told growing up, you work hard, you put everything in, you'll get everything out of life that you want. And that isn't reality for a lot of people. You work hard, you keep grafting, you keep pushing, you increase your chances of getting somewhere. But, you know, this isn't a secret. This isn't that kind of, you know, new world um, sense of law of attraction, sit in a room, think about what you want, and one day it'll appear in front of you. It's all about being persistent, increasing your chances of making it. But, Matt, to, to go where? Well, you know, it's, it's a tough one for me to, you know, where where do I want to be? Just to, in a, well, in I just more, mean, I mean, in jest, if if you've yeah. got one more chance to get what, one more thing to get where, if you'll just, then I'll be to get yeah, where yeah. to to get where. Yeah, well, I think you know, for me, the the thing that's lacking in kind of that I lacking in inverted commas. For me, is the the financial security, the the independence. Oh, hold up, hold up. The I'm I'm sorry, I'm doing mental training right now. No, no, I start no, kicking no, indoors. No, you jump in, jump in. The the performance. It's. Yeah. I wish we could somehow mute the the computer from you hearing me, so I'm I'm getting the the reverb from the back. But the idea of performance, man, is when an athlete is trained and raised and then behaviorally modified, which changes brain functioning and thinking over time to judge the value of self based on performance, this Mm -hmm. becomes concrete inside. And so that's why I asked you, man, is to get where the touchdown to get what the point to get the tag that it wants. So everything is judged by the performance based and it's hard. It's hard to reconstruct the brain thinking to go, I performed well at the sport, so I got acknowledgement, I got money, I got reward. And this becomes and defines us. The fucking terrible part about it is the sports part is so fucking fun and full of adrenaline <laughs> and brotherhood and sisterhood that when you get older, punching the clock just doesn't fucking ruffle the feathers anymore. And so you walk around in this physiological response to a hypervigilant situation that isn't there that your body's acclimated to over the years. It's very much PTSD, a, a touch of that mixed with a touch of identity disorder when we're trying to associate ourselves by what we did, by what we performed, and we can't hold on to human value. And when I'm hearing you talk, my brother, I'm, I'm listening to all the accomplishments, performances, and, and acquisitions you stated about, I have a degree, I have this, so then this, then one day I'll have that. And I'm looking yeah. at you going, bruh, the life that you've lived presently is fucking awesome. So in the moment of what we provide based on a social construct of performance or how we can help people or if we can and all this, honestly, I tell you, Matt, it can be a moment. It can be that moment where the belief does change of the human potential itself is limitless. So the notion of perception controls what we see, bro. I mean, shit, you know, it can happen like that, too. It can I mean, it's hard to be it if we perceive it to be, man. But shit, yeah, yeah. the now of your life is amazing. Yeah, it's trying to find, you know, it's trying to find that that value in the now. 
that you you're always you kind of grow up winning you know trying to trying to get that score trying to get that you know trying to set that time do this do that do the other you know all these objective kind of measures of success that's what you you kind of grow up being surrounded by and then when you get to when you come out of the sports arena when it's gone completely and you look at well where's my next objective measure of success and it stops being you know it's it's not just intrinsic it's that extrinsic what's in the bank account what's you know do do i look good on the outside going going to do the job i do and you know you do kind of but think about that like coaching when you played and tried out for a position what are you doing well you you know you're trying to you're trying to look good to somebody you're always trying to show the best you're always trying to show that, that you're the man and that's what that's what it's all about and when you are the man when you're doing it you know, feel when you're paying the bills, doing what you're doing, you know, you feel like king of the world. You know, you feel like you're at the show. You've made it. But, but then, what creates those feelings when you're feeling that? What's creating the feeling? Well, it's, I mean, mostly it's, it's, it's enjoyment of what you're doing, but it's the extrinsic as well of having somebody blow smoke up your ass. It's what you're thinking. <laughs> It's yeah. literally what you're thinking at the time when you're like, I'm fucking winning. I'm winning because the beliefs I have of judgment of self are based on all the things you're already aware of. But when we go, yeah. but I felt it. I felt like a God. I knew yeah, what yeah. it. No, you thought like a God. And so you created the instant feelings of the God because those thoughts then matched your beliefs of what was yeah. achieving what that was. You see how that all connects and the behavior becomes like yeah, this yeah. excitement, not enthusiasm. That's different. Yeah. It's this excitement enthusiasm is something maintained over time because we know it, the competence. So, I mean, you're already aware of it. So being aware of that itself is that first step of going, Oh shit, I created that my damn self. Look, let's be honest. We've all went into a moment maybe and been like, yeah, this ain't really my type of a girl or whatever or something. And then we just, we downplay (laughs) it. You drop the judgment, right. Or whatever. This isn't what I, you know, something or, you know, I don't go to fast food, but uh, you know, I'm traveling. I'm on the road, right. We have a way to rationalize that too, because it felt it right. I was, I I tackled that motherfucker before he scored. Right. I I did that. So now you also fight it biologically because your body responds to it. Then the mind changes to it. It's like a, fucking addiction man yeah yeah well you know you get it from the sport you get the one thing that i've found really interesting that i've been thinking and ruminating a lot about lately is um you know you're kind of you're playing the sport you're scoring the tries you you are the man every week but then you've also you know when you go into a part-time sort of scenario when you're working as well as playing the footy you know you leave work at five o'clock you go to rugby all your friends are there you know, you've got to put on this show for those guys. If you had a shit day at work, you had an argument with your missus, you still go to that club and you still act like the man. And then that feeling kind of just builds and builds and builds. And actually you start to, hey, I'm not acting it anymore. I'm feeling it. And you come away and it's almost like therapy, you know, going along to get along. Or, or, you know, or, is, it get, or, is, it, it. or is it just getting the fix one more time? You see, here's what I would argue, man, is if it's yeah, the addiction yeah. we're chasing to create the feeling, I would argue yeah, yeah. that it's probably a bad idea to continue to play the sport once the professional part of someone is over. Because yeah. one, you get worse at the sport naturally just because <laughs> you're older. 
And then you start yelling at yourself going, shit, I used to make that catch. I used to make that run. And so not only do you digress in the sport that you love, it also loses its kind of oomph because it's not, well, Fridays and Saturdays anymore. It's not, it's not a crowd. So not only does the experience of what you used to love die at the same time, you get to get little doses of the heroin that you were doing a little (laughs) bit along the way that we can misconstrue as therapy with the fellas. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. When really yeah. it's like, dude, one, you're going to blow a fucking knee out and the insurance is going to kill you. So um, you're going to walk funnier way later in life. You're going to be right. So, I mean, that was hard for me, dude. I was that guy when I quit uh, and yeah. couldn't play college anymore. I went on to semi pro and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to play. And, and I was just, wait a minute, I'm fucking slower. This doesn't feel the same. I'm, I'm getting paid shit, if anything. Yeah. You know, you're, and I got a part-time job. So now I, now my other job seems even worse because now I'm at this fucking mundane job when I used to do this other shit for a living that I'm getting worse at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, every every time you kind of, every different scenario you go in. And I, one thing that I found out when I gave up the rugby completely was nothing was feeding the beast anymore. And because of the health issues uh, from the rugby, the arthritis and nerve damage, a bit of a breathing issue as well, um, you weren't able to, I wasn't able to feed the beast in any other way. And whereas you look at some guys who, you know, they get a job where some intrinsic value to themselves in it. You know, I, I was in the position where just get a damn job <laughs> to pay the bills. And it's that kind of, you know, you, you're looking at, you're looking at from that point of view. Well, I still want to run. I still want to compete to a degree because I've, I've competed. I've done something. I've been yeah, active. I was, I was waiting on the day. because, like, why? Yeah, yeah. You want to because why? <laughs> but I, I mean, this is it. I, you know, I get up at six o'clock every morning and work out. I go for a run and work out. And you know, I, the people at work are just like. Why'd you get up at six o'clock in the morning to do that? And it's just like, well, I've done it since I was 18 years old. You know, I've got up in the morning, I've trained, I've come away from, you know, kind of organized practice and trained by myself. That's, that's how I got along. And then it becomes, you know, you do have to look at the other aspects of sport that have fucked you up to a degree. And then you're looking at the body image issues. You know, this is what I, what I started getting interested in researching because of going to a rugby club at seven, uh, 18, 19 years old, speaking to a professional coach, stood on the side of the pitch with my old man. And the coach turned around to my dad is more than me. It was just like, yeah, it needs to be about a stone, stone and a half heavier uh, to play that position. And my undeveloped brain at the time you know all about the sport was shit um i can't put weight on and this guy wants me to be a stone and stone and a half heavier and my a normal reaction is just like you struggle to put weight on do the training you need to do do the training to perform you know don't don't concern yourself too much with the weight instead what i did was it hit me so hard the need to be able to be that guy came on so hard, went home, went on the internet, went through all the professional teams in the UK, found all the guys in my position and worked out the average weight for those guys. Right, I need to be that way. That's that's what I need to be because that's average. And 
I want to be better than that, but that's a good place to start. So, you know, kind of 18 years old, started going to the gym, started working, working out. And it's um, from there just kind of spiraled into getting into a full-time environment. That being more and more of a kind of focus to, you know, I'm in the full-time environment now. These guys really, and they, they, they don't talk about it anymore. They're not telling you to do it anymore, but they've, it's already there. It's already inside you. I have a question for you. When you first started playing, um, I assume that you were younger and you were a kid. Yeah, yeah. Did you play so you would make money? Uh, no, not at first. I, I, I played. Basically, I played any sport that anybody would ask me to play. But rugby, um, rugby specifically. Yeah, rugby. Um, I was twelve years old at high school. A guy turned around to me and said, "You're a big guy. Do you want to come and play rugby?" And I just thought running around a pitch and bumping into people sounds like good crack. So, you know, let's go, <laughs> let's right. go down that. Let's give it a go. Well, I even watch how your behavior moves. You get more excited. You adjust. You're smiling yeah. when you're thinking about it, right? So yeah, my, yeah. My, my thought is, you know, does it cross over in two different worlds when we then take what we did because we loved it and it becomes a profession, which we all know it, it always does. And then we compare it to say what defines being successful in the other side as being, um, you know, a business owner. Um, yeah, leave my phone on on my own podcast. And, uh, you know, and cross over those worlds really. When honestly, if there's a way to pay the bills, if you will, but you find that thing or that something that you like to play because it's well not about the money because it moves you. Yeah. It's almost like replacing rugby with something else. And being able to do so, first you got to have the belief you can actually find something else. See, I was like that. There was nothing going to compare to Friday Night Lights and Saturday Cheers, right? Yeah. So uh, until I dove into fixing my own life and I fell in love with psychology and philosophy and the human experience, and I found that to be a greater passion than football ever was and still today. And for me, it became the the trick of finding that same passion or enthusiasm, as I like to say, because passion is misleading. Passion is more like excitement. <clears throat> it hits you in the moment. You're kind of rowdy, but then no more experience, no more competence with it, and you lose it. So enthusiasm is built on top of competence, which creates a very solid self-confidence in doing so, which performing rugby made you confident, which gave you the enthusiastic feeling. Yeah. So finding something else through like you had no competence really in rugby at 12 years old you knew about it etc dudes like want to play so from that tiny little interest of you wasn't even your fucking idea is yeah. what else could be out there in life that you take a tiny little interest to and change a belief toward it and then put a vision toward that and pursue that to create the same hyper vigilance the same i can't wait till i get the fuck off of work so i can go home and do this shit you know, yeah, and yeah. find that. And rather than cross over to say that since now I don't play a sport, then the replacement of that has to be thus my job and career. And then I'll define all my performance based on that. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's, I've fallen into that trap, you know, hands up. That's it. That's the kind of trap I fell into after the rugby. It was, um, rugby's me, gone. Me, you, and millions of athletes, sir. That's why. That's why we turn to fighting. Yeah, we yeah. turn to MMA. We turn to um, you know weightlifting. We turn to personal training. We. That's where you see us all go. 
Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of the guys I used to play with, physical trainers, everybody's moved on to something. You know, I, I started long distance running, hated running distance. I was a sprinter when I was younger and got into long distance running because I slowed down because I'm older. My body's falling to bits. So I was kind of like, uh, you know, I need to find something that I can do. Um, got into the long distance run. There's guys I know they're doing ultra marathons. Ex rugby players doing ultra marathons. Broken bodies, you know. And again, told by doctors, hey, you know, you know, hips hurting. Well, it's either live with a pain or have a hip replacement at 34 years old. And you know, you don't want to fall into that trap. And you, you, although you know it, although you see it, you see so it yourself. It sounds, it you sounds like you're hitting the checklist on the resume, brother. It sounds like you're looking at what your talents and what your skills are and your resume are, and you're trying to match something that matches to that. Is that am I hearing that right? Um, uh, look at your skill set and then go, okay, what can I do that matches my skill set? Well, this is it. I mean, when, when I look at the, when I look at the skills that I've kind of developed over time, people always come back to the same things when they talk to me. They're just like, why don't you be a personal trainer? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And really the only thing that, you know, like you were saying before with the, uh, with the psychology, the only thing that gave me that sort of buzz and that sort of interest was, um, when I went back to university at 25, I did my psychology dude, degree. I shit you not. I'm interrupting you, dude. I shit you uh, not. I was about to go, well, I see what you did. You tested yourself physically, and then you said, all right, I'm going to test the cerebral. I'm going to dive into that, because when you announced the degrees you had, I went, okay. So he dove into that and got all that. But it's still, you're changing areas, per se, physical performance, mental performance, but you're still yeah. taking your skill set of dive into something. What's the training regimen? What's the schedule? Accomplish yeah, yeah. that at the end becomes the mission. You've just done it with your mind. You've done it with your body. And yeah. you, you, I see you chasing that. But again, it's still matching current skill sets to present choices of what you do. Yeah. yeah. So I let me ask you, um, how family life was okay. Came up, mom, dad around. They were around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right. I don't want to step on. I don't want to step on toes, man, or bring up some uh, some dark stuff. But, uh, <laughs> I asked that because uh, I'll ask you. You may have watched the video, but what would they say you were always running around doing when you were a kid? And what did and 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 to add to that, what did you want to do before you knew you had to do something? Tough question. Um, it's all right. I mean, I must, I mean, one of the things I kind of, I always remember when I was growing up was not knowing what I wanted to do, not know, you know, not having a direction. No, um, that I'm stopping you because yeah, when you knew you didn't want to do something, that means you knew something existed to do. I want to go further back to where it's not job titles. It's yeah. much more vague, much more of a vague verb or adjective. Right. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to reduce it instead of overthinking it. Because right, right, right. Keep it very vague and upfront. And mom would be like, he was always running around doing. Yeah. Um, probably reading and talking to people about what I was reading, <laughs> you know, <laughs> pow. <laughs> okay. 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 It's something that. You know, look, it's funny how your body, you, look how your body changed, brother. You're smiling. Yeah. You, you moved around the same way you started acting when we talked about when the guy at 12 asked you to play rugby. You, you yeah, felt yeah. that's that feeling of, of like, oh, shit. 
but it's the belief of thinking I can't do that yet. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, when I think about it now, um, one of the things I find most unfulfilling isn't, isn't so much the job. It's not having people in my, um, in my social situation now, uh, kind of work colleagues, uh, friends I socialize with, that I can socialize with often, um, to be able to talk about the things I'm interested in. So, so you know what? You start a podcast and you start <laughs> sharing videos and you get a lot of bad vulgar pictures and a lot of people that talk shit and it'll give you, it'll give you something to keep pushing back against like a sled you'd be working out with. I mean, my point is, is you do know what to do. You pointed out, looked back. But the problem is, is this world also teaches us not only to judge by performance, but then if we want to do anything, A, be enthusiastic about it already. And then also make it match your skill set and your resume. And then if you if you love it, you won't work a day in your life, which is bullshit. (laughs) That's all bullshit. So for me, it's going back to how I found football how I found it was that same escape that same something I just naturally was doing right I mean my mom would tell you I was either running around trying to entertain people all the time uh, or physically outside you know so mix that with childhood um, emotional (laughs) violence etc and you get football player right so I mean but going back then and even through all that hardship of what football negatively brought me I still loved it and yeah, yeah. So that's why I asked you that question is going back, no matter what you were doing, you were reading and talking to people. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that came like this. Well, the second thing I'd tell you to do is when we're off the podcast is write out every single freaking job title you can possibly think of that does not match your skill set, doesn't match anything or your resume at all. And yeah, yeah. that allows you to write and speak to people. All right. Don't think about how much money it makes. None of that shit. Just do the whole list and then start from there and then start crashing shit off and then start going. Ooh, ooh. And because no matter what you're doing then to pay the bills, there's always that time where you come home and you put the headphones on and you go in that zone or you start writing like Ashley Kramer does around the the world. You know, it's it's you find and that's just your release. I'm only using that because that's what you stated, not what I want to biasly put there. But I mean, and then once you start to feed that fire again and then unblur the lines between what you do for a living is not supposed to feed you what the time on the field and the time with the people. And you're mentioning the social part of it is, dude, we have the Internet. You got the tribe of change. You got everybody else out there that's listening. And whether people call that real or not, it still is for people to share the message in our social groups. Man, what I'm learning more and more of is to basically keep my fucking mouth shut is the things that I the things I know or the things I think about or the wonders or whatever if you got to hang with them man just talk about how good the game was you know <laughs> eat the yeah. fucking well don't eat the hot dog but you know what I mean <laughs> hang out and just shoot the shit because I used to think that shit was dull and boring and didn't yeah. you know cerebrally stimulate me but I've changed my perception is you got to have those two and three conversations to really appreciate the eight and nine conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm fast forwarding a lot on you, man, but you got me excited. Like jump you know? in. Yeah. So proceed, man, about anything. Just jump in, man. Um, I went off on a tangent. I mean, cause yeah. I went off on that because we're, we're really mental training, dude. This ended up us talking about, you know, we were going to talk about some things, but it went into just you and I mentally training live on fucking air, man. And, yeah. and you know, you brave soul, sir. 
well, you just, you know, sometimes you just got to jump in and uh, go with the flow. So uh, <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate the direction you're taking it in. So, um, you know, I, I, it's quite interesting that when you, when you kind of go back to, to think about the things you're interested in and, and beyond the kind of the financial and all the, all the periphery that's around you telling you that, you know, you've got to pay the bills and you've got to have the nice house and the nice car. You know, I, I, been thinking since picking up your podcast and uh, the book. Oh, shit. <laughs> on my desk. Well, um, let, let me apologize now for the uh, intensive squirreling that I did and running off into where the fuck did he go in the book and um, the public school grammar editing issues that um, the second edition has completely cured, sir. And if you would take chapter 15, the healthy core routine and throw it out the fucking window. (laughs) Right. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll write that bit off. I'll write that bit off. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I I find it quite interesting the way, you know, especially I think what engaged me about uh, this podcast more than a lot of the other ones I listen to is the, the way the kind of conversation develops is along the lines of the way my brain works is I always have to apologize to people whenever I have a discussion because I talk both sides to get to my point. So people are always, you know, they're, they're listening to me talk and I'm just kind of like, well, you know, if you look at it from this perspective, then X, Y, and Z, but then, you know, this side saying A, B, and C. So, but this is how I feel about it. And people are just like, <laughs> that's, know, that's what know. I told you, man. In the social circles, man, you gotta, you gotta be like, let me just shut the fuck up. Let, yeah. let me just, you know what? I do like that color on you. It looks good. Yeah, how, how about them giants? You know what I mean? And well, just, just go with know, it, man. Now from nobody, now on, nobody wants to hear about like the socioeconomics of Syria or <laughs> like that. So kind of. Dude, no, I've had friends at barbecues, right? Where I've just dropped all this, like, hey, did you know this possibly could be? And they just look at me like, man, I'm just trying to eat this hamburger, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just want to eat a hamburger, drink my beer, and, <laughs> and chill for a bit. I don't want to, I don't really need to be hearing this. So that means you got to find an outlet for that, man. That means you got to find a place to put that energy, man, wherever that is. You have to find a way to get to get that out there. Right. Well, as I was saying before, like after listening to a podcast for a while and, um, you know, reading the book, it kind of got me thinking about where where I wanted to go. And um, when I look back at the things I enjoyed most about the degree and the master's, um, I lost my direction to a degree by doing uh, masters in research. Um, what really interested me and what I spent pretty much most of my time reading was, um, the therapy side of it. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of a guy called Sheldon Cop, yeah. uh, American guy, you know, uh, seriously, I've got a dozen of his books. And while I was doing my degree, I was having my textbooks and then I had always had one of his books on the go. And that was my, Okay, I've read the textbooks now. I've done my work for today. Let's read a bit of this. That was my was, Albert, that was my Albert Ellis. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I know, I know you've uh, spoken a lot about it, and you know the kind of I like how the the two Albert Ellis is kind of um, not exactly. He's an asshole. Not exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, he <laughs> jumps in. You know, kick the front door down, slap you about the face, and <laughs> give you give you a direction to go. And I'm I'm I like copies. Uh, what I like about cop is what he could teach humanity just about 
being compassionate. You know, you wake up and you've had a shit day, you feel like crap, and nobody gives a fuck. It doesn't matter, you know, you go out there and you, you know, you speak to whoever, nobody seems to give a shit. And then when you've got somebody sat in front of you sharing their issues with you, you don't give a shit. <laughs> and it's that kind of, is that kind of, you know, that nudge to yourself all the time. Um, okay. One of the uh, books that I read, there was a um, fantastic one, was, which was all about kind of losing the fairy tales, which is one that I really got stuck into. Um, you know, being told the fairy tales as you grow up and trying to get away from those so you don't fuck yourself up by trying to focus on, I need the fairy tale ending, I need the love of my life, and it has to go like this, I have to meet her in this place, and I have to, you know, it has to end up like this. Um, you know, what, you, mean, what, you mean being rational, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I changed a lot of the wording in the new book to where I said I dropped optimistic, but to start to end the sentence is to be positive, but uh, but rational. Because many yeah, times yeah. rational is very unromantic and very uh, unpositive, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. Nobody. Um, I had a, a fantastic lecturer at university who uh, his main um, interest was human performance. And um, if anybody wants to have a look at it, Dr. David Vernon, uh, he's got a book, uh, Human Potential, well worth a read. It's a, it's a lot of research about ways people you know, try and improve cognition and such like uh, memory, thought processes and such like, well worth having a look at. I was talking to him one day and I was, you know, we were talking about the the, re the real reality, the real situation. And, you know, you're talking about the, um, the bullshit gurus out there who are just like, you know, think a hundred times faster and remember everything you ever, you know, need to in life and do this and do that and everything will be perfect and, you know, all the the 30 day ad bullshit and all this crap. And it, he's turning around to you and saying, yeah, man, but if you think about it, how would you ever sell a book saying, be a bit more rational? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. re realize the fairy tale isn't all it's cracked up to be. You know, who's going to sell that book? Who's going to publish that book? And it's, that's the truth. People, people want 30 day abs. They want 14 day abs. They want, they want to be happy in 10 days. They don't, and they want to be happy all the time. They well, want to be I, happy. The you know, I tell them you could do that right now. Honestly, it's a belief change. It's a belief change in a narrative yeah. story, man. And you do it long enough, it changes the biology. I mean, I, I hate yeah. the idea of the process. Like, I really do. The same way you did. Remember, and it was like, well, you can't weigh this much. You got to weigh this much to play this. And you're like, well, hold up. Yeah. Huh, I, I, fuck that. I don't respect that process. I can play that position regardless. It's yeah. the the same it's it's the fucking same there's no no yeah. difference man between that same uh initial thought and belief process that responds uh, to behavior eventually i mean the thing is it's, it's interesting when you you know when you look at that and you, you you think you look at something that happened to you like the weight thing for me i look back now and i'm just like if i'd been lighter if i'd been my natural weight but i'd have been more agile more mobile I still would have been able to hit. I still, you know, as a physical guy, I'd put everything on the line in each hit. I wouldn't have been less of a player because of that. You know, if anything, I might have, I, I blew my rotator cuffs out in both shoulders, trying to lift the weights to get bigger. You know, I was going home and thinking, right, let's have another gym session because I need to get bigger. Lifting the weights, going back you, in and see the physio. How do you feel right now? 
right now the feeling the present what is it um infused would be <laughs> yeah you know, I, was, that, I was just one i was wondering how you're starting to feel after all that walk down shouldn't coulda still all, yeah, yeah. dude you're dropping determinant words like i drop f-bombs <laughs> <laughs> well i'm to dra- drop the f-bombs because uh you know my girlfriend might hear this at some point i don't want to <laughs> well wherever your girlfriend is i want her to change Anytime you drop an always, never, everybody shouldn't try to, could have, would have. Anytime you drop one of those determinate words, she can then therefore twist you, pinch you, do something. I mean, I'm in for that one because then we'll just do behavior modification that us athletes are used to. If you don't hit it hard enough, you get fucking hit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know. It's, it's it's funny how you don't see it in yourself, but you know, I I spend a lot of time telling people, you know, when they when people come to me and. They, they share their stories, share something that's going on with them, and they, they start talking about ifs, should ofs, and all this. I'm just like, there is no should. There is what you did or what you're going to do. There is no should do this. You know, forget that word, leave it, move on, and do what you what, you know. But remember, with with all things cool, calm, and benign, I'll solve anyone's yeah. problem unless it's mine. Right. Yeah, so yeah. we can we can we can pick out their words the same way I'm doing to you, man. I pick out your yeah. shit, but I promise you, I'm dropping them like crazy. You know, it's that emotional idea is that trying to use the wisdom that you know you have. I mean, you've proven it already, the wisdom yeah. that you possess to trump the emotion, you know. But when it's our problem, it becomes the emotion trumps the wisdom, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well you come you become so attached to the, the emotion that's that's kind of brought up, it's so raw and so real every time you think about one of those things that kind of set you off that it's almost um, it brings the cloud down and you can't see through the mist and you kind of, you know, squinting trying to see what's going on and you're not really seeing, hang on a second here. When I, when I get the clarity of looking at somebody else's situation, I know what to do. I know what to say. I'm, I know all these things, but when I'm looking at my own emotion jumps up, clouds my view and I'm just kind of sat there like, you know, Hey, what, how do how how do I get myself out of this situation? Well, if I was telling somebody else, you know, you'd be I'd be a lot I'd be able to be a lot more objective and a lot more helpful. But then, when it comes to me, obviously, like you say, everything gets clouded, everything gets a bit too irrational, and you know, you lose you lose that focus you've got for other people, which. Um, you know, I, I, eventually I will get to the end of what I what I keep starting and and never do, and never I'll actually. Keep, I'll keep fucking you up. Don't worry, I'll keep scrolling. Yeah, yeah I, I keep going down a route and then just keeps changing all the time. Um, yeah, from like um, the podcast, the book, thinking about all these things that I needed to do. Um, I got off that um, probably around when I started reading the book in the new year. Um, get a lot of free time girlfriends at university up in edinburgh so 250 miles away got a lot of free time to myself started reading the books you know you're, you're taking a lot more notes of podcasts because you've got time to really listen to them and you started thinking about hey you know why am i thinking about what i need to do you know at long term let's look at what we want to do and that's when i went back to when did it kind of, when did what I want turn into what I need and take me off track? And it was that decision where I was at university, got my degree, doing what I wanted to do, reading the books that I wanted to read, um, getting, 
you know, getting good marks, getting good grades. Um, and then suddenly I, instead of going down that route that I knew I wanted to do, I turned around to somebody else and said, what should I do next? This is the route that I want to take. Why, what should why? I do next? Why? Why do you think you did that? Um, it's easy. It's an easy fucking answer. Don't go deep. It, it's easy. <laughs> well, think behavioral. Think behavioral think, science. Think, oh, shit. <laughs> that, that's a bit that I probably didn't listen enough to. Um, yeah, you, you know this answer. Why would you turn around and look for instruction? Um, it's easier if it fails. No, nah, you it's, went too deep. More surface. I, I struggle with superficial. I tend to just jump straight in. So. Yeah, right. I know. Bring, bring me back up. Bring me back up. And I'll, so uh, think we, for 35, 30, 25 years, what yeah. were you doing on the field in practice? Um, working my ass off and looking at the coach time. for instruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is it. It's always, you always, there's always somebody on the pitch to kind of put you in the right direction as a coach right. stood at the side and then you've got the, the key players like for you boys, the quarterback is telling you what to do. For Shit, us, it's, I'm giving signals. I'm taking signals in from the outside. I'm, I'm reading yeah. their signals. I'm right. I'm being told what yeah. to do by the other fucking team. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm watching their shit and I know what yeah, to yeah. do. So our whole lives, man. And then guess what? After game day, you go read your scores. You read how you grade yeah. it out. You read the rest of the thing. So our whole lives, it's, hey, this is right, right? All right, do it just like this, right? I mean, when we know there's no real proper form to most things in life anyway, right? It's it's why the yeah. the crazy fighters have that unorthodox shit you never see, right? Yeah, they don't yeah. they didn't follow the statistics, but you know, then that's part of the other thing in athletes depression is when you get out of that zone where there's no body to to coach you and go, "All right, you're 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 getting up a little later than normal. You you've slacked off on the healthy eating." Uh, your negative, irrational thoughts have begun to take over. So we're going to have to adjust. There's no coach. There's no film to watch. You know, there, there's nothing. So yeah. snapping out of that, man, after 20 years of instruction for perfection becomes difficult, man. It's That's one of the other links of the athlete's issue. Yeah. I mean, this is it. It's kind of, you know, the, when I when I turned around and I asked, you know, the, the same guy that the um, – the lecturer I was talking about before, Dave Vernon, I asked him, he became my mentor, my coach. You know, I replaced my on the field coach with, with this guy who was, you know, you look, I looked up to him. He's a very, very bright guy. He's very laid back, a very cool dude as well. So, you know, you, you found somebody that you, you look to and you aspire to be like. And, um, I, you kind of, you don't give the full explanation as to what you want to be just in case your coach or your mentor looks at you and goes, yeah, probably, probably don't go down that route. You know, you don't want to do that. And I, to almost an, an irrational feeling of trying to satisfy him said, shaped the way that I wanted my future to be. Um, and he gave me, the next logical step if I was being rational when in reality you look at the bits I enjoyed the most about the course and it was all the, the therapy the the treatment based stuff you know they, these are the people who you know you go and sit in the lecture and you're listening to and you're just like wow feed me give me more give me more I'll go home I'll read cop I'll read Irving D. Alarm 
I'll read this guy, I'll read that guy, you know, feed me all these things. You know, trying to trying to fit Sheldon Kopp into uh, um, a you know psychobiology paper was difficult, but I was doing that because you, all these connections were forming with what I wanted to do, with what I enjoyed, my passion. Look at so, you right now, man. You're you're elated. <laughs> you're lit up right now, man. How? What is this? All this bullshit about you don't know what to do. You're yeah, well, like. I'm you getting, I'm it. getting, if you let me get, if you let me get, I'm getting, I'm getting to what, I'm getting to where, what I want to do. So the book, the podcast, thinking about, thinking back to university and all these things, all the things I enjoyed. Um, the first thing I did, uh, it took me a couple of weeks to kind of kick myself, well, six weeks to kick myself up the ass and really, really go in and investigate. It was, these are the things I really enjoy. Well, okay, you know, we, you don't necessarily need to be fully qualified, but let's have a look down the qualification route to be able to get access to helping the people you want to help. Um, straight away, emailed the college um, and said, you know, counselling courses, when do they start? When can I enrol? Where do I have to start off to be able to practice? And, um, you know, that's suddenly that day that I kind of came to that realization, that day where I actually sat down and wrote an email and made a phone call, I suddenly felt, wow, today's a good day. You know, today feels cool. Whereas before it was just usually just sat there, just say, you know, my job is, my job is my job. I don't want to criticize it too much because I've got a job. (laughs) I don't want to lose it, but it's not me. You know, I'm I'm not a salesman. I'm I do well selling to people because I'm nice and because of um, the approach I take, a kind of consultative approach to to selling. Um, but I don't like all the kind of the push and the the drive and the you must have off me because if you have if you buy it off me, then I make more money. Well, I don't want that. Take it off me if you want it off me because you want it off me. But if you don't want it off me, I'm sure you get it somewhere else. And you might be able to get it at a better value. I don't know. But, you know, I, I'm not that guy who's kind of, you know, jump down your throat, push, 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 take, 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 just because I want to pay my bills. And when you talk to other salesmen, and, uh, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are very, very, very good salesmen. You look at the differences between the two of you and how you approach the job and how you talk and, you know, Let's be honest. What are you? What are you trying to get out of this job? Back to and it's the cars. It's, Back to the enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know, it's 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 cars. It's 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 a house. It's money. It's chicks. It's all this crap. And you just like, listen. I I tried to get all the the cars, the chicks, and the money through playing playing rugby, and I thought I was going to be the man and do it that way. Now you want cars, chicks, and the house by hawking shit to people whether they whether they want it or not but i don't want the cars the chicks in the house you know i've finally met a girl who's good for me which is meant getting away from the rugby to be able to allow myself to get something that i wanted instead of just constantly being surrounded by chicks just i I want to go back to the moment you sent the email that day yeah yeah please do yeah um, well, I um, probably shouldn't admit it. I was sat at work. 
uh, not having a particularly good day. And um, I just, I was thinking about, I was sat there and it just suddenly hit me. Why are you, you thought you've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. Why are you sat here feeling like this and not doing anything to change it? So just went on Google, Googled the local colleges near us, um, typed in the course that I wanted to do, course came up. Okay, Grant sends an email. Tell me about it. You know, tell me, you know, tell, is this, is would this, it, is this qualification? What did it feel like if, when you sent it off? Just, just writing it felt like I was making, making a huge step forward. You know, and that, that positivity all right, all right, that came right. from it. Stay, stay here with me. Hang here with me. No, I, I know it's pissed you off. I cut you off. I did it on purpose. No, 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 no. So, no, stay here with me because what I, I there's a very touchy line here that's a, really effective in the athlete's depression diagnosis part is two parts fold. First, don't get confused with your performance hmm. as then now you have value because you have found a goal or found yeah, yeah. something that you had value before you even sent that email. We can't continue to keep programming the fact that I performed, so thus now I have value. So you got to be careful. Well, that's why I said let's go back to that feeling because yeah. I stopped you because you said it so beautifully and so clearly. You opened by saying, well, I was thinking this, and I said to myself, why? Why do you believe in da-da-da? And then what had happened is you took what thought to be a process and in a moment made a choice, which is why I talk about the toil is what kills you. But you made a choice just by changing a belief, by asking why, which motivated your behavior to thus perform. That is what you need to be more excited about other than how you perform that now you have this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite interesting that you kind of, you know, you, you with sport, it's always the end result, not the process. You don't win any prizes going to training. You don't win any prizes, at the, you know, during the match. It all comes at the end. It all comes when you cross over the goal line. It all comes when you lift the trophy after the game. Everybody's cheering. Everybody's clapping. Everybody's this and the other. And it's um, no matter what you kind of do for the rest of your life, it's never what value is in what I'm doing right now. You know, I've, I'm going to stop you. Awesome. Good. Now, <laughs> excuse me, girlfriends or what, anybody listening, women listening. All right. So earmuffs to all the ladies. Okay. <laughs> so we may have met a woman or something to where in our past, this experience was uncanny. It was just yeah. amazing. And then we compare the rest of our futures experiences with this one, rather than opposed to going, that was that experience, that yeah. person, that connection, that physical, that was that experience. Rather, this was my issue. This is the only reason I'm speaking from confidence here yeah. is rather than trying to match what was given to me, I couldn't with the Friday night lights with, the, I couldn't. That's why I went to drug dealer, man. I went to doing crazy gangster shit and toting yeah. guns and shooting them because that's as close to the feeling I could get in that hypervigilance until yeah, yeah. I stopped going, wait a minute, that was that. And it'll never be that again. Yeah. And have it in a different way until I really shifted that belief. It, 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 I couldn't really get away from going, well, this is fun, but it's not quite hitting the shit out of somebody who's crossing the middle on a yeah, Saturday. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Until that shift changes. That's a different ride. That was a different experience. Yeah. Then that joy, that one woman, right? That roller coaster, that whatever it was, yeah. becomes so much more special. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you kind of got to look, you got to stop looking for the goal line as such. You know, everybody always tells you, you know, it's about the journey. Enjoy the journey. And uh, the, the problem with being so goal line orientated is you, you're you not looking at the journey because you're so focused on just blinkered towards that thing at the end of the pitch that you're trying to get to, that reward that you're going to get. And you miss out on all the the the, the, tick, the boxes you're ticking and fulfillment and, you know, kind of enthusiasm, enjoyment, happiness you're getting just from sitting there reading a book, sitting there writing a paper about something that you really enjoy. You know, when I write the, um, when I comment on things, I, it's probably the only time since playing sports that I get into a flow state and I'm sat there typing out a comment, thinking about what I'm writing. And it, you know, does happen more than often in work when I'm kind of sat there, some, something will pop up and it will just trigger this. I've, I've got to react this straight away. The, the thought processes are kicked in, the flow's kicked in, it's completely focused on this. I won't be able to focus on anything else until I've, you know, until I've said what I need to say about this thing, until I got these thoughts down, got them down on, you know, whether it's a Facebook post or, you know, LinkedIn or, or some sort of comment. And it's kind of like you get to the point where, you know, I, I keep saying, why don't you just, why don't you just write something for you? You know, you're getting this flow, you're getting this enthusiasm, you get this enjoyment from, from it. Why aren't you just writing things for yourself that you can put out there? So why aren't you writing about these things you enjoy for you? You know, use your enthusiasm, use these things that you, you know, go down these rabbit holes and lose yourself in that. Um, be completely focused on something, put it out there. You know, who gives, who gives a fucking shit if people think you're an absolute lunatic and not case, if people read it, <laughs> people read it and are just like, you know, hey, are they, you know, this guy, what the fuck does this guy think? You know, I, I, I wrote on LinkedIn the other day, another one of these Phoenix stories came up after a guy's committed suicide and the all you get is Phoenix stories after. And it's like, where's... Where's your compassion? Where's your thought process that jumps in and thinks, I know what will help in this situation. I'll tell everybody about how fucking fantastic my life is. Well, what about the hundreds of thousands of, you know, not just guys playing contact sport, but, you know, girls who have played sport, um, people, professionals who have lost their job, somebody who's, you know, you're a surgeon and you get a tremor in your hand, that sort of thing. Who's speaking for them? Um, Say it. Uh, Sorry, I, I was. I started, yeah. started to get stuck. No, <laughs> you are. My, well, my. If, I, I pose a question to you. Who is? Yeah, that? you're right. Who is? Yeah. Well, this is is kind of what motivated me to start to start commenting on this on this LinkedIn post. It was just you know, hey, this, these Phoenix stories are all really cool, but what about the guys who it isn't coming together? When you feel, when you feel hopeless and helpless, you don't want to hear a Phoenix story. 
because a phoenix story isn't going to suddenly fill you with energy and get you going out there it's going to feed the beast it's going to shame you into silence it's going to keep you know it's going to put you down to thinking that guy sorted himself out that guy's better than me i'm a fucking loser and it's you know i've got to be honest i i got in a conversation with a guy on that thread who put his hand up as well and said hey i'm you've you've said something there that that people aren't addressing i got resent he was talking about i've got resentment towards his partner because she was very successful in business he had left professional sport and hadn't generated that kind of success himself and i was i put my hands up to him and i said listen i i'm i'm a liar i lie on an almost daily basis when i speak to family friends uh, work colleagues i put on a show of i've got it all together i'm confident i'm happy i've got i've got everything in place and going for me when in reality i'm fucking shit scared of what's going to happen in the future and then it's only through when you when i started to look a bit deeper and find a direction i wanted to go in that i kind of got away from i need i need more money i need a better job to pay the bills i need this i need that i need the other to i'm going to second here what do you really want to do you know fuck, i i could go out there tomorrow and be offered another job start it on monday and in two weeks time want to fucking kill myself <laughs> you know because it's is the the nine to five monotony of something you don't really want to do is it going to be made better because you've got a couple more numbers in in the balance at the end of the month you know you go from making 20 grand a year to 30 has that has that improved your life that much if deep inside intrinsically you're getting no value from it all it is is go to work do the job that you don't really enjoy you're not really infused about you know you're not excited to get up and go is that worth the the extra value where is that and is that that's the point where you kind of you look at all these things and you you do become a little bit more in the moments where you can be more rational when you you put the emotion to one side for a moment and think about it where you're just like that that's not going to make me happy you know i i i could have taken another job would i be any happier doing that i could have gone down another route would i be any happier doing that because this is what i want to do this is what i enjoy doing this is where my enthusiasm lies you know if if i if when you get to the point where you're doing that on a daily basis it stops becoming about what's in the bank account right now it becomes more about right i'm i'm talking to these men and women uh, young athletes i'm telling them my story i'm telling them about stories i've heard i'm putting them in a position where they don't have to feel shame about putting their hand up at any point and asking for a little bit of direction a little bit of you know that <laughs> that face is concerning me <laughs> i, don't, I don't, don't don't know where it's going but you know what the intrinsic value of that is so much more than 
oh great, I've uh, I've sold something else to somebody who who kind of wanted it but maybe didn't, and I get paid on that. Great, you know, some people can get value in that, and that's fantastic. I'm not not knocking anybody who who that's the approach they want to take, but for me, it's more about interaction with people. It's more about talking to people. It's more about sharing what happened with me to help people who are in my situation get to a better place. It's about sharing those stories um, and experiences with people, with complete strangers and having them reach out to me and saying, Matt, you know what? You've made some really good points there. You know, I, I'm, I'm a, an ex-athlete who's thought exactly the same and nobody was putting their hand up before you saying, hey, fuck me, I, I haven't got it all together. I haven't sorted it all out. You know, the, the gravy train stops, the, you know, all the, all the fanfare, all the going out boozing every weekend because you've, you've had, you've won, lost or drawn, all the chicks coming up to you and saying, ah, oh, why'd you play rugby? And you're there in your, you know, your shirt and your pants after the game going, yeah, I play rugby. You know, you, you know, I'm massive. Look at me. Of course I play rugby. It's that kind of, you look back at it and you're just like, what value did I see in that? You know, people blowing smoke at my ass. You didn't even know who I was because I could run down a pitch really quick and put a ball down. And it was cool at the time, but, all that time I was kind of so focused on that and not feeding the other side of it, the the um, more cerebral side. You know, what I, I, I could go and play rugby at the weekend and then get smashed up and kind of forget the things that, that fed my enthusiasm, forget the reading, forget the um, the writing down my thoughts, creating things, you know, writing writing about things I thought about, writing about other people and and forming these things. You know, in, instead, it's just turn up on a Saturday, run down a pitch, do really well, booze, um, and then go work the next day, go work on Monday, and it'll be fine because at the end of the week, I'll run down that pitch again, put that ball down, and people will blow smoke at my ass again. So I don't need to feed the enthusiasm. I'll just feed the excitement. You know, it's almost like that kind of, the, the, the person who takes drugs at the weekend to feel the high and then feels like shit all week because they're not feeding the other part of them. So it's like, okay, well, I'll get this big bag of cocaine and I'll do all this cocaine at the weekend and I'll feel fucking amazing. But then I'll feel like shit for a week because I'm not going to feed any other part of them. I'm not going to think, is this what, what, what I really want to be doing? You know, am I... Is, is what I'm, is ignoring what makes me enthusiastic, creating a situation where I need to bang this stuff in my face instead of doing something that feeds my life so I feel fulfilled so I don't need to do that. You know, that's, that's something that every time I look at people who drink too much, take too many drugs, fuck too many people, you look at them and you sit down, you listen to their story and you're just like, great. Okay. That's, I've listened to you. What's the thing that's missing? You know, what's missing in your life? And they're just like, well, what do you mean? I've, you know, I've got it all together. I, I'm fucking all these people and I'm 
getting smashed up and I'm doing this and doing that. And you're just like, okay, grand. Yeah. It sounds like you got it all together, but where's the enthusiasm? Where's the intrinsic enjoyment in your life? Which means you don't have to get fucked up on the weekend and fuck loads of people to get that buzz from, you know, that's, I've, I've, I've thought about it looking at other people and then come to realize that, you know, people, I've, I, in my friendship group, I am that guy who gets fucked up. You know, I am that guy who Matt Sheen is the one who will turn up to a do and drink everything. He will drink everything and he will be a fucking lunatic. And then social situation ends. And with the way life has gone, you don't play rugby anymore. You tend not to socialize away from events. And then they don't hear from me. I go back to you know, my, my job and not really enjoying life. And I'm waiting for that next time to go out with them so I can get that smashed up and at like a bell end because I'm that drunk to feed the beast, you know, to kind of, to, to get over how, how, how unfulfilled I am. You end up getting into behaviors and stupid shit that in reality, you're making yourself look like a very superficial kind of person, very shallow type of person and not, you're not allowing people to see your depth because of that. Tell Sorry, me, go on. I thought you were... Tell me you're fucking writing. So, um, first off, I just had to let you go. I had to let you oh, just, yeah. you were, you were <laughs> cognitively rampaging my brother. You were, no, I, I, I do that. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, especially when you find things you're enthusiastic about, man, I kept pointing at you in the beginning because, um, well, there is someone, to talk to to stand up for those people i would even yeah. reference and you may want to do this after the show really quickly is uh you should look into naming whatever it is you're doing to like put your hand up you kept referencing yeah. that that's what people would do man and uh, yeah. i understand i guess what i picked up is you're actually headed to be a counselor therapist at the same time that's what i'm that's what i'm looking to do starting in september um level three counseling and then i'll have to do my level four to be fully qualified to to assist people but it's that kind of you know I'm, I'm i'm just looking forward to get to getting on it and you know i'm reading reading your book getting back into carp getting back into reading other things i'm actually enthused about can i can I, just, can I challenge yeah. you before we end the podcast is <laughs> when I don't, I don't know whether i'm ready for that <laughs> oh you definitely are when you go into practice, if you will, and studying and getting back, because it won't be long. You'll be a therapist before you know it. it'll be over yeah. and, you'll, and you'll be doing the thing. So what I was trying to do is if, basically, all right, how can I sugarcoat this? Basically, instead of practice like Cobb or anybody else is yeah. find a method that speaks to the people that you're putting your hand up for that's missing in today's practice is you know, you can also be John Nash from A Beautiful Mind. We all yeah, can yeah. be those theorists that can come up with our own approach to those that speak our language and what we experience. And yeah. you spoke that language here for the, the last rampage you were on was speaking the language of those that are nervous to put their hand up. And so I would yeah. challenge you. 
that as you go into this, look for your transrational structure behavior theory. Look for your uh, abbreviations. Look for your acronym, right? And find a way, the same way you're trying to find a way to reach yourself, which is I know part of the journey here, is also to how you can reach that voice in a customized way that's your way. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just I'm still making notes about what you're saying. So I was I was hoping you weren't going to cut off. No, just go. no, it's no worries. <laughs> I really mean that idea is uh, you know I spoke at uh, my college Nova Southeastern about to some graduates that were soon out there or uh, coming through the program even they're a few months away, but kind of that day that I realized reading all of these theorists, all their approaches, all this that they're really determining their own theories and approaches. And I said, yeah. well, shit. You know, I I can combine all this stuff. It wasn't like my customized approach. It's like any other theory. It's built on the backs of many great minds. I forget, uh, was it uh, Isaac Newton talks about, I've only been great from standing on the backs or the shoulders of giants. And it's that that same idea is I built Transrational in this whole book on top of the the greats in many applications, behavioral, cognitive, et cetera. So the same is for anybody and for you is you can be that theorist, man. We have an opportunity to be Isaac Newton's. You know what I mean? We have our opportunities to be Ellis's and Cobb's, you know, and, and do that when you when you approach the counseling world and psychology and research world. It's just even even. Without all that, you know, I like to say that we're all uh, our own scientists creating our own little experiments on ourselves. You know, yeah. we have the opportunity to to be the rat in the maze and create the maze for ourselves. It's it's yeah, yeah. an amazing spot that that you're in too. And take that yeah. challenge on, man. I want to read your TSBT when it comes out, and especially your book when it comes out, because I know you're writing yeah. all this down. Yeah, I I'm I'm a note taker. I you know I like to make uh, make as many notes as possible to kind of you know thoughts at the time. And it's you know it's interesting kind of thinking about you know going down your own path when you were somebody who's experienced something yourself and you're getting told by somebody who hasn't had that experience, this is how you should treat people like you. You're sat there just thinking, you know, so I, yeah, I can't fault the approaches that are being rolled out at the moment because they're just starting out. Um, they are passive approaches. So you need to be as a, person with issues you need to reach out for them which for me isn't ideal um and already you're seeing problems in okay so you want a guy who with all this pride and all this shame to pick up a phone and dial your number because you've given him a number and you've put a load of phoenix stories in front of him yeah good luck with that one you know fuck it <laughs> good luck you know where's where's the Where's they trying to help people by going into, you know, actually going out there, being proactive, going in there and talking to people and saying, you boys playing right now, you might be experiencing some, some issues with transitional periods as you're getting older. You might have injuries. You might have this. You might have that. Um, you know, let's, let's talk about. You know, let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about support networks. Let's talk about things we can put in place. I mean, one of the one of the things that absolutely blew my mind was um, when I went to my last university. I went there on the back of a rugby club asking me to go and play for them. And I turned up at that rugby club, and rugby the guy at the rugby club said to me, "Is I've got two options for you. We can get you a job, but 
it's not great because you haven't got a degree and it's pretty low paid, or you can go back to university. And nobody at any club that I played for in the past, and I started moving around. A lot of people think I'm, you know, I moved around because I'm a mercenary and I was after the cash. I was moving around to find a way of surviving, paying the bills, moving forward, moving my life forward. And it wasn't until that point until somebody turned around to me and said, here's an option that you actually want to take that's going to add value to your life that made me jump in. And it, it made me think when I got back home to my local club that I've been at since I was 16 years old, we've got a university 10 minutes drive from the pub, uh, from the club. And nobody at that rugby club had any connection with the university to guys who had grown up at the club over the years, local guys. Why, why wasn't a rugby club saying, have you thought about going to this university? You know, why have all the bills of paying for accommodation in whatever city you go to? The university's on your doorstep. You can live at home. You can play footy. We'll pay you to play footy. We'll in- improve the club by you being here. The club will be more of a community because there's more local people staying around it. And then with the older guys, as they're kind of progressing through university and finding a career, maybe they'll find careers around here. Maybe they'll be, when they're at the most difficult period in their lives, when things are tough, when the transition is happening, maybe then because they've stayed around their community, they'll have people they can go to and say, fuck, I'm finding things hard. Because that, that's the thing, you know, this, you, you look seem, at... You seem to already have so, your demographic, too. You have your demographic, you have your approach, you know who you're writing to. Man, I, I think the Phoenix story is pretty much uh, rising up here, man. I, I'm pretty sure you're not sitting in ashes anymore, man. It's, it's coming to life. It's coming to life. It's just uh, you know, maybe a wing twitching or something. But uh, No, nah, you, you know, downplay yourself, sir. You downplay yourself. If you're already you, – look, it's like somebody telling you you're already 10 yards from scoring already. So yeah, yeah. You, you're enrolled. You've already got three levels committed. you got a, a level and a half to get up through. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to score that one. And I mean, yeah, that perception is bullshit, man. You're 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 rising to it, but I love the humility of not relinquishing the idea that you don't at least feel like you're all the way through it. And yeah, yeah. sharing that humility is the the real importance of the story, man. I gotta well, I gotta then, start wrapping this up, man. As you heard, my phone yeah, yeah. getting getting nuts, man. But no, go ahead. Yeah, no, right. no, I was just I was just gonna say, you know, I don't think that you should ever really feel that you've you've complete the journey you know you should always feel like there's there's always a little bit further to go a little bit more to learn a little bit more to experience because it's only then that you you know you you remain relevant you remain engaged and enthusiastic about it you know how many people do a job for 20 years and after 15 just uh, dragging their feet every day just same old job this used to be my passion but now it's you know it's the, the chains around my neck. And it's just like, well, what are you doing to, to keep feeding the beast? What are you doing to keep feeding the enthusiasm? You know, have you have you learned something about the industry you're in, about the sector you're in, about the, the things that interest you, about the job you do? Have you continued your development? Or have you just sat back and gone, oh, this is just a job now. This is just how it is. You know, and I, I think a, a lot of people kind of, you know, start out with a passion and end up with a job mm. because they, they, they stop, they stop trying to grow. But 
you know, I'm conscious that you want to wrap this up, so I don't. Yeah, no. And what would you, and what would you tell them? And what would you tell them? Well, you know, jump back in. You know, find the enthusiasm again. You know, look at look at the things you're doing at the moment. Is it still where your passion lies? Is it still where your enthusiasm lies? Has that changed direction? And feed that beast. Feed that enthusiasm. Don't try and stick on the same track and just pay the bills and get by. You know, look at the things that that got you into this in the first place, that, that lit the fire in the first place, and use those things to continue on. Don't, you know, don't just sit there. Don't just kind of rot away and and find that you're you're in a job 40 years later that you still want to get out of you know find the things that you're enthused about at the start and if that's learning something more about the role you're in now or the industry you're in now and developing as a person still then go down that route if there's a, a slight change of track you know you want to change direction slightly then look at that you know if if it's what you're enth- enthusiastic about then feed that beast you know that's at the end of the day, that's that's the way to go. You got a tagline already, man. Put your hand up, feed the beast, man. Like you're, uh, dude. I'm I'm digging this, man. You're gonna come out with something hardcore. I mean, you're already doing it now, man. Please keep helping people, Matt. Don't don't shy away from literally posting and writing and start your yeah. own blog. Do something like just reach out, help those about where you are, man. Because I love that advice, man. That that's beautiful yeah. advice at the end, rational advice even at the end. I mean, the story is applicable to millions uh, of men and women out there that experience uh, the rise and fall of being an athlete. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's like, we were, like we were saying at the start, it's, it's the athletes out there of, you know, you kind of get driven in a certain direction. But, you know, like how we ended, it's um, the professionals as well who, who jumped into a profession they, they were passionate about. And that's coming to an end or the enthusiasm drops out there. They're in a transition. You know, it's, it's a transitional issue as, you know, athletes depression from my perspective is, is a transitional issue. It's not something rigid. You have to be an athlete to experience this. It's have you experienced a transition in your life, a huge shift from what you are as an identity. I am Matt, the rugby player. I am no longer Matt, the rugby player. Who am I now? Well, are you, you know, Dave, the doctor who has got a tremor in his hand so he can't be a surgeon anymore? You know, it's all about transition. So it's, you know, people, it's cool that the presence is getting driven forward with sports people. That's fantastic. But it needs to be broadened and you need to start looking at other populations as well. Feed it. I'm feeding my own beast here. So. Yeah. No, my point is, is sounds like you're a spokesperson, man. Sounds like you found a yeah. place that's missing and where to speak from, man. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, you know, it's, it's something that it's like I was saying before, as soon as I start writing something, it's the flow kicks in and I get lost in it. You know, talking now is, you know, you just kind of, you start down a certain route and you, yeah, I want to say this and I want to say it this way. And suddenly you've, 
just talked around about a thousand subjects and <laughs> you still got more to give. So it's the name, brother. Yeah, exactly. That's why the name, man. That's why we do it. It's that's why I talk and share in the experience, man. I give up the mic to those that are brave enough, man, to to come on and share their thoughts. No one's uh judging anybody. So for me, um, I've had tons of people say, you know, you know, don't have this person, that person, not you specifically, but tell yeah. me I need stars or I need famous people. I need, I'm like, shit, yeah. I want the real person, man. I want that real tribe of change warrior who's in it, who's in the trenches. And Matt, you have most definitely been that today, my friend. I, again, thank you for coming on and sharing your experience. Well, thanks very much for, for listening to me ramble for the past couple of hours. <laughs> You did not ramble, sir. It's been an, a, a cerebral uh, stimulant for myself, man. So I appreciate that. And I know others others will as well, man. I, I oh, thank I you. So. I so. All right, brother. Maybe uh, we'll catch in the next time we do a we'll do a world tour with the uh, fifth wheel and a in <laughs> a flight. Yeah, and maybe yeah. I can come through London, man. But if you ever yeah, get I'll over make, here, hit me up. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you ever make it up to the northwest of the UK. Uh, it's pretty pretty rainy and grim at the moment, but uh, yeah, I don't uh, know, man. I don't know. I got a thing for long airplane flights. The only way I'm getting there is if I can take my boat all the way through the Caribbean, through South America, <laughs> up around the Horn, and if I can come around that way, uh, I'll spend some time. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be brilliant, man. Be brilliant. All right, Matt. Take care, man. Keep working at it, man. Keep posting, man. Uh, I know it won't yeah, be long before you're putting out your own book and your own work, so uh, yeah. I can't wait to read them. I might start bothering your page a bit more as well. So, <laughs> Please do. Come on, man. All right, brother. Take care. Right. Cheers. Take it easy, man. Bye. Take it easy.